Hallelujah. As I look to the back of the building, guess who's smiling to me? You would look to the back of the building, Edna is smiling to me. Really want to thank you for being here today. It's a privilege and an honor even to be here today. But I want to thank all of you that are here. This is a great day for us. You're our strength. You're our support. You're our family. You're our friends. I'm telling you, God got a big family. Really has. And I appreciate that today. I want to read the obituary today. If I've mispronounced the name, Southern Draw, all right? <laughs> all right. Uh, Edna R. Moore, age 79, passed away on her home on September the 7th, 2023, in Chapmansboro, Tennessee. Mrs. Moore is preceded in death by her son, Terry Moore, survived by her loving spouse of 60 years. My. William Oak Moore, son, Greg Moore, daughter. All right, 60 years. Yeah. Paula, we got 57, so we hanging in there. All right. Our daughter, Paula Moore, grandchildren, Brittany Hefner, Randall Rosenbaum, Jackson Parkhurst, Lauren Moore, great-grandchildren, really, Avery Hefner, J.C. Parkhurst, Riley Hefner, Drew, not Drew, Drew, Parkhurst, sister, Mary McNeese, brother, Wayne, okay, and of course my wife, Lynn, is part of me, Vicki George, Christy Young, and numerous other nieces and nephews and other family members. Someone said to me a while ago, I didn't know you had such a big family. I said, I didn't either. <laughs> I have met people, especially second, third, uh, you know, uh, people in my life that I've known for the first time. But I want to say I appreciate you being here. Hey, it's a great time in our lives. It, surely it's a sad time in our lives. But for me today, now that's passing with me so, I'm just going to spend some time with Edna. And I want you to just see how our lives were when it was just me and her. Is that okay? I know this is not traditional, but I think you'll enjoy it.
Oh, 
Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. I'm so excited to be here and excited to see all of y'all. Y'all look good. And I know Aunt Edna would be excited to see you all and is thankful that you are here this morning. Um, I, I woke up, Uncle Paul asked me last night if I had all my stuff written out. And last night, I didn't have a clue what I was going to say, Uncle Paul. And I woke up early this morning about 6 o'clock and I sat at the table and I just... I just began to type on my laptop. I was thinking about things, and and I have something I want to share with you this morning. I want to talk to my family this morning. I realized, somebody asked me, I think it was Paul Farley, do I know half the people in here? And I said, nope, but I'm pretty sure I'm related to all of them. (laughs) So I apologize for those that don't know, but I'm pretty sure everybody knows I'm Kathy's son. Uh, And so I'm thankful to be here. Uh, The past week, I've had a scripture Ever since, I think it was Saturday when I came by and I visited last Saturday and I saw Annette and we talked with her. Every time I came by this past week, the same scripture kept coming on my mind. And so I want to share it with you today. It's 2 Timothy 4 and 7. It says, I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Hence, therefore, is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that also love his appearing. Now, when I was in school, my favorite sport that I participated in was wrestling. I loved wrestling. Uh, There was just something about a good fight. I enjoyed fighting growing up. I enjoyed wrestling. Uh, And I don't know why, but for some reason, I've just always enjoyed it. Every now and then, I still wouldn't mind seeing a good fight or being in a good fight. (laughs) I have to remind myself sometimes. We were at a birthday party one time for Jaylee, and somebody unplugged the inflatable from another place, and I thought they're getting ready to see an article in the newspaper of pastor beats up local person. (laughs) Sometimes, even though I might be a preacher now, I still like to fight. But I get it honestly because I've heard a lot of stories about my family from Mama. <laughs> and I found out, Uncle Wayne, that I come from a family of fighters. And for those that knew Aunt Edna, she was a fighter. She was passionate. She loved her family, would do anything for it. And if you did something to someone in her family, you better watch out. Because my Aunt Edna was a fighter. And she would come in and she'd fight for you. I'm sure many of you here have stories you could share where she stepped in and where she fought for you. And some of you probably have some stories you could share where you was the one that got chewed out. I want to share a story with you. I'm guessing it was about 18 or 19 years ago. I was trying to figure this out. I'm losing track of time. I can't even keep up with how old I am. But it was probably 18, 19 years ago when I got into church and turned my life around. And at the time, Aunt Edna and Uncle Paul was not in church. A year or two went by and I began to feel a call into ministry and began to preach a little bit. And I told Jane Edna loved her family. 
she do anything for it. I don't know how y'all felt, but I just really felt that I was her favorite. <laughs> and uh, as I began to start preaching some, guess what? Ain't Ed and Uncle Paul would be there. They'd be there. They'd come and they'd support me. They'd come and be there because it was family and they were there to support me. Not long after, they started coming to every service on Sundays. Because how many knows when you play with fire, you will get burned. But each Sunday, they would come and see, I'm, I'm a watcher. Uh, I, a lot of times, I like to sit in the back because I like to watch things. And each Sunday, they would come and the altar service would happen. And they'd get up and they'd hit the back door. I watched them. They, y'all may not even remember it, but I, I know. The Lord knew and I knew. Brother Sammy would get up and start to play and start to have an altar service. And they'd get up and they'd hit that back door. And then I guess I was up there visiting and Aunt Nana found a VHS tape that she showed me while I was up there. And it was on that tape, it was a church service from the 80s, early 90s or something. And she was on that service, praising the Lord and shouting. And there was a man next to her that looked like Hank Williams Jr. He was in church with dark glasses and a real dark beard. Apparently, it was my Uncle Paul. And they were just a shouting. And he was doing this thing. I don't know what you call it. Uncle Paul had this leg thing going. And I wish I could do it today. And I remember I took that VHS tape. I brought it to church. And Paul and Jamie, it was a Sunday morning before church. We were in the back, and we watched it together. And I said, I want to see them do that. that we prayed that Sunday morning before church. And guess what? I watched an instant replay 30 years later of my ain't at, They got up that Sunday morning. And I was waiting on them to hit the back door. But they didn't hit the back door that Sunday. They came down to them altars and she, Uncle Paul did that leg kick. Can you still do it, Uncle Paul? Don't hurt yourself. They did that leg kicking. Aunt was praising the Lord and speaking in tongues. And it was just one of the greatest memories of my life. The Lord answered my prayers that morning. And so I'm here to tell you, Aunt Edna was a fighter. And she has fought a good fight. She's finished her race. She's kept the faith. She's beat us. She's earned her reward. What we see here today is just a body. She's already gone to the next part of her life. Paul told us in 2 Corinthians to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I'm here to, I know she loves us, but I don't think there's no way we could convince her to come back. She's in a better place. She's dancing with the Lord. She's finished her race. Jesus tells us in John 11 that he is the resurrection and the life. 
and that whoever believes in him will live even if they die. I've got people I work with, they ask me from time to time, they said, you just view death differently. I do. Death is just another part of life. This body might die, but this soul will not die. It's eternity. It's going to go and it's going to live on forever. Ain't Anna just took the next step. You see, there's, there's two, two types of people. Anna shared this this morning. I'm going to take it. She shared it this morning. She was listening to a song. There's two types of people in this world. Some people that believe in a resurrection and some people that don't. But see, we believe in a resurrection. We believe that if Jesus Christ could rise from the grave, so can we. And so we have hope this morning. We have an understanding that this is just the next part. We can't bring her back to us, and we wouldn't want to. But while she has finished her race, we are still running ours. And we've got a choice we can make. I want to tell my family, I come from a family of fighters. I don't care what the world throws at you. I don't care what the, what the lies of the enemy tell you. You better keep fighting. There's ups and there's downs in life. But I'm here to tell you, I come from a family of fighters. And my Aunt Edna was a fighter. And she has fought a good fight. If you've not made things right with God, you better make things right with God. If you've never repented of your sins, today's a good day. If you've never been baptized in the precious name of Jesus, today's a good day. If you've never experienced the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is our earnest inheritance, it's, it's, it's his spirit living in us. And it's the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave that's going to raise us from the grave. If you've never experienced that gift, guess what? Today's a good day. Because today, we've got more to go to heaven for. We've got more to go to heaven for today, y'all. And so I want to encourage you, keep fighting. Keep trusting the Lord. Keep holding on to family. Family is special. I love you. And ain't nothing to love you. And I know y'all love her. She wants to see us again. So we got to make things right, guys. She's already finished her race. It's up to us to finish ours. We each have a race in this race called life. We've got to finish it. We've got to see it to the end. Come on, let's give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. Don't toil or spin 
But there's not a king with more splendor than them. Consider the sparrows, they don't plant nor sow, but they're fed by the master who watches.
Praise the Lord, everyone. Isn't it beautiful up here? Y'all just bear with me a minute. Give me just a second. I'm the one that's going to make everybody a basket. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's my shout right there. <laughs> it is beautiful up here. Sister Edna would love this color and decoration. Truly is beautiful. So family, friends, loved ones, we're mourning today our loss of Sister Edna. And I recently heard something about mourning that I want to share with you. It's about the mourning that we go through, and I believe it to be true today. The mourning we all go through is the mourning of ourselves because we are no longer together with her. We can't hold her hand. We can't hug her anymore. We can't have the conversations that we love to have, the straight talk she gives. We cannot see her any longer worshiping in church with us. Although she's worshiping, it's just a different location. So that's our mourning. It's for ourselves. It's not for her because we understand where she is. We know she's in heaven. We know she's in a better place. So it's not for her. We have a hope that she had, that she held on to, and now she's her reward. And we are yet to receive that reward. We've got to keep the hope and go on, be strong. That's what she did. That's what she would want us to do is to be strong. Praise the name of the Lord. She was a straight talker, and she would tell you plainly. I remember one time after service, she told me, she'd just come up after service and said, Brother Ronnie, you know, the Bible says the man don't work, he don't eat. I said, yes, ma'am. He doesn't work, he does not eat. And I got to thinking about it. I was working hard. So, after seeking the Lord on it, I realized it must have been Brother Paul that had taken an, <laughs> you must have taken an unauthorized vacation, brother, because I know you must have heard more once, if a man don't work, he don't eat. And you had to get out there and work in the yard, in the flower garden, on that she shed out there, you know, but she was just a straight talker, and I love her for that. I love straight talkers. I don't want to be sugar-coated, beat around the bush. I want to be told straight. And she was definitely that one, and the family is that way too. I love that about this family, this pillar of Christ Family Church. And so this afternoon, we have got to strive to go on, to go on for the Lord like she did continually, to go on for the Lord. 
remembering her, remembering the funny stories. Sometimes we're going to have to cry. Sometimes we're going to laugh. And we're going to come in and we're in church and we're going to worship the Lord just like we know she would be doing if she's here and she's up there rooting us on. We're going to be doing that. Hallelujah. So we're going to continue to do that. And Christ Family Church is going to be right here with y'all's back. The same way y'all have Christ Family Church back, we have got y'all's back. We are here for you and with you. We know and understand we can receive strength from Jesus Christ. There's no greater strength that we can ever receive than from Him. He will give us the strength. Psalm 73 and 26 says, My flesh and my heart fail, but God, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Woo! My portion forever. The world has got something out there. Just like they try to live it up and have a good time, they think their way of forgetting is through drugs, through alcohol, to try to forget, to try to get past, but that ain't it. That portion will fail you. The portion that she had in God that strengthened her heart is the portion of the Holy Spirit that will guide you, that will give you strength in those times when you feel like you can't get up. When you feel like you can't go on. Woo, hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. If you're receiving a portion today that is failing you, that is not doing you any good, you need to try Jesus. Woo. You need to try Jesus because it won't let you down. He won't give up on you. Quite frankly, in today's economy, it's free. It is free. Hallelujah. What Jesus gives is free. Hallelujah. You can't work for it. You can't, you can't earn it any kind of way. He gives it to you freely. Freely gives it to you. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. I want to read to you. The Psalm 23 this afternoon. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside these still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. For his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Here's what makes the devil mad. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me, shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Sister Edna had been dwelling in this world. She'd been dwelling here like we're all dwelling here. Brother Wayne mentioned how they traveled so much. She had seen what the world that got the world that God made, the beauty of it, the mountains, the lakes. Shared with me yesterday how y'all went to Yellowstone. 
and saw all that beauty and all the magnificence, and you give praise and glory to God, the Creator, for all that. But she dwelled here. But now she's dwelling in another place that's even greater and grander than all that. We have not seen nothing yet. Hallelujah. Woo! I praise the Lord for Sister Edna and her faithfulness backing me and my wife Michelle up. I'm going on so I can see my sister again. And I'm going to give it as straight as I can give it every time I have the opportunity to stand behind the pulpit because she would let me know if I'm slacking. <laughs> Hallelujah.
If you are here this afternoon and do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, why in the world would you want to sit back and not experience what the rest of us are experiencing here today because we know Him? Hallelujah. Brother Paul, she would love this service. It has been so great. And the presence of the Lord is right here. Hallelujah. I'm the type of fellow I wouldn't walk across the street to hear nothing didn't have any anointing in it. But brother, from the day one, minute one, this thing's been anointed. And I know I've seen it, I've looked. I looked on some faces, and I know God's talking to some people that are in here today. Why would we want to turn our backs on him? Because he has promised never to turn his back on you. Hallelujah. I'm about two seconds away from a Holy Ghost run. Glory to God. Woo. Apostle Paul said, we uh, don't sorrow as those who have no hope. He didn't say we didn't sorrow, but we just don't do it the same way. Hallelujah. Because God, this thing about salvation is real. I'm not talking about religion. Religion will do nobody no good. We got people doing crazy things today in the name of religion, strapping bombs on their body, killing themselves and innocent people over religion. But Jesus didn't die on that cross for religion. He died so you can be with him. He died so you can live forever. What I'm talking about is real today, folks. Glory. Hallelujah. I've, I've got to gain my composure a little bit because I want, for the family, I want, and for the family, I want to thank everybody that's done so much, the flowers that has been brought, our church family and people who brought all the food. The, I mean, the meal last night was fantastic. And uh, I know that the family wants you to understand and know that they appreciate what you have done so much. But you've got to take it a little step further because they're going to need your prayers in the days ahead. Because I don't care even though you see somebody slowly drifting away and leaving this earth, uh, you still ain't really down deep inside prepared for it. Uh and a lot of times it don't hit you until a few days later. So they're going to need our continued support and prayers uh, in the future. But I am so grateful to be here. And uh, this whole family, uh, down through the years, has meant so much to me, my wife, and our family. We go back a long ways. Uh, I was a pastor to this family before I became a pastor. 
and uh, in the tenth days, uh, and uh, Brother Paul Sustenic was under a few of those tent meetings, and uh, uh, what you did, Don and his sister did beautiful. It was beautiful. Uh, I don't intend to embarrass this man. I, I love this man from my heart, but I remember him going back a long ways. I was just a teenager, and first time, first time I ever met him, I used to go around and conduct uh, uh, cottage prayer meetings. Some people nowadays don't know what that is, but uh, used to do that. Used to go over brother, brother Eldon, sister uh, MacNeese's house, and uh, and brother Bob Burns and uh, uh, their house in different different places, and doing doing home prayer meetings. And uh, somebody got him to attend one one time, and I never will forget the first five words he told me: "Get your hands off of me." We was we was praying, <laughs> and I laid uh, I laid my hands on him, started praying. And I, he didn't know nothing about this back then, you know. And uh, we st- we talk about that and laugh about that today, Amen. But uh, you see what what I'm telling you here: the God I serve is able to change everything in your life. But it's just been it's been good and it's been great and uh, uh, I'm uh, hallelujah. The Lord gave me quickly the scriptures that I was to read today. I uh, I'm one of those, even though I've been preaching fifty three years and I could put a lot of things out of the hat probably if I wanted to, but I, I'm one that believes that anytime I stand before people where I'm standing before this church preaching or I'm, I'm, I'm preaching a funeral, I, I firmly believe you don't need to hear from me. You need to hear from God. But I want to also say before I get into these scriptures, these scriptures are a little bit maybe unconventional, put that word, uh, to use uh for a funeral, and I have never uh, used them in a funeral, and the Lord, I mean, he just brought it out almost like a vision before me, and I will say this, for everybody in the house who don't know the Lord, you may not understand what these scriptures mean when I read them to you, because it was it's an Old Testament allegory written by the wisest man who ever lived. His name was Solomon. And he wrote this allegory, the Song of Solomon. And it was an allegory. Uh, and he talked about uh, a lady, a Shulamite woman. And it referred to God being the husband and Israel uh, being the bride. But as it transformed today into our new Testament covenant, it speaks of the beauty between Christ uh, and his church, which is his bride. And I'm going to be reading some selections. And I want and this is what the Lord spoke to me strongly that what what has happened 
to Sister Edna as we are here celebrating uh, her life. We, we, we are, uh, we are, that's what we are celebrating today, her life and her homecoming. But listen to these scriptures. And this is exactly what Sister Edna heard. Listen, the voice of my beloved. I'm sorry, Brother Paul, but you wouldn't hear only beloved. The voice of my beloved. Behold, he comes leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. My beloved spoke and said to me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers appear on the earth. We who know her knew how much she suffered in pain and sickness, but it got to be to a point in a place. Her Lord and her servant one day says, Rise up and come on. You hear my voice. I'm calling you. I'm calling you. I want you to come away. I got something better for you than you can ever imagine. The time of sin has come. The voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth her uh, green figs and the vines with the tender grapes. Oh, my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the cliff, let me see your face. I know the Bible tells us we're not supposed to envy, but I'm envious, sister. Because I, I've been I've been living with Jesus for a long time, and I've longed to see His face. Hey, I wouldn't give you a plug nickel for golden streets and gates of pearl and all that other stuff, walls of jasper. I don't care if it's a shack on skid rows. If Jesus is there, that's where I want to be. Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. For your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. She's in the presence of that right now. She's in the presence of that right now. That, and that's what has transpired these last few days. She heard first the voice of her beloved coming. And she, he looked at her and said, it's time for you to rise up. You see, what we have viewed here, and it's in this coffin, this is not Edna Moore. It's only the house that she lived in. And her house got to be old. And... Uh, creaked when you walked on the floors and and all kind of stuff. But she said, it's time for me to move in my mansion. 
a glorified body. One Bible writer said, It doth not yet appear what we shall be. But I know when he appears, we're going to be like him because we're going to see him as he is. You can see this place being full of family and friends and we know that a lot of people loved and appreciate her. And I would say about everybody in this room and this is being live streamed today and you may be watching online. You may have hopes and wishes that you would like to see her again. But just wanting to do it ain't going to make it happen. Jesus did the hard part by dying on the cross so you can have salvation. But be it known unto you, and I would fail being a minister of the gospel not, not to tell you, if you want to see her again, you're going to have to be born again. Hallelujah. You've heard that already from different ones. Amen. It's a necessity. It's not an option. You've got to have the blood applied to you. You see, I've learned a lot of things down through the years, and one thing I've learned, it makes me really sad. I'm baptizing all the folks in that pool back there. And we got too many people think that baptism is a cure-all. I have baptized a lot of people, so help me, that I never saw them back in the church door from that day. Let me tell you something. If you don't get the blood of Jesus applied to your life, all you're going doing is going down a dry center and coming up a wet one. The water's not what saves you. Amen. You can't just think that's going to be a cure-all. There's got to be a heart change in your life. And the devil listen, uh, talks to a lot of people. They say, well, I, I know it, I know it, I know it. But, you know, I'm not going to go to church if I'm not going to live right. Let me, you, you got it all mixed up. You got it all mixed up. Hallelujah. Amen. The church is a hospital for sick folk. And guess what? I, I haven't been cured yet. I'm still sick. I need the blood of Jesus applied to my life every day. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm not a perfect man. I can't tell you that I don't never do wrong, but thank, like a little chorus we sing, thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood that watches white as snow. Jesus did the hard part. All you got to do is receive it. Take it. Amen. And he will do wonders for you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. On September the 7th, when Brother Paul gave me the phone call that she had uh, went on to her reward, here lately, the last um, two or three 
funerals that I've been involved with, the Lord has allowed me to put some words on paper. And I wanted something special for this precious lady here and for the family. And so on September the 7th, after hearing this, these words begin to come down to me and I begin to write them down. And I named it the gates of that city. And this is how it goes. The gates of that city swung open to welcome our dear sister home to a place where her struggles are over and sickness and sorrow aren't known. I know she's found rest in that city, in a mansion she now calls her own. For Jesus in love hath prepared it for all the good seeds she has sown. The gates of that city swung open and angels are waiting inside to lead her to be with the Savior and there she will ever abide. No crying is heard in that city. No sickness or death there is known. Just peace and sweet rest for the weary. And Jesus sits high on his throne. The gates of that city swung open. The old things of earth passed away. She waits now for all to join her together forever to stay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So today, as we close this service, consider what's been said. Every song, every speaker has been fantastic. It's just, and like I said, I know that God has talked to some people during this service. And I want you to know that Jesus loves you for who you are right now. Just as I am, without one plea. Oh, hallelujah. Don't put it off because the promise of tomorrow is not to none of us. We don't ever know. The world is in a bad shape as everybody can testify to that. And I don't believe it's going to last very much longer. I'm looking for Jesus to return. But our next service right here will be Wednesday night scheduled. But I don't know if I will be here Wednesday night or not. I can't promise that. I can't promise that. But what I'm saying, you can make your calling and election sure. You can, you can lay down on your pillow tonight and go to sleep with an assurance because, see, Jesus didn't die so I could go through life hoping I'm saved. I can know I'm saved. I can know it. 
So please take that with you. And before she starts playing something as they the directors take over, I'd like to say there's not going to be a possession going to the cemetery. Everybody is just going to drive there, and we will meet again uh, at the cemetery there on Highway 49 uh, in Pleasant View. I think most people know where it's at, but uh, the best direct route when you get out on the main road, make a, a right, go up to the top of the hill to the first traffic light, and make a left turn there on 257, and you just follow it all the way till you get to 49 and make a left and just go on till you come to the cemetery. So it's not that hard or difficult. Amen. So let us close right now in closing prayer. Heavenly Father, we come this evening, we thank you and praise you for this beautiful service that we've been involved in today. I thank you, Lord, that I have been privileged to have known Sister Edna. She has enriched my life. She has strengthened me. She's helped me, Lord. I love her, and everybody here loves her. And I pray comfort, Lord, to Brother Paul, Paula, Greg, the whole family. I'm asking you to be with them, strengthen them, Keep us safe on the road as we drive to the final resting place. And let us always keep what we have heard today in our hearts. In Jesus' name, let the church say, God bless you today.